Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. Today, we hear from teenagers who've had COVID. How did it affect them getting sick? And how did it impact on their attitudes towards the pandemic? Gabrielle Jackson is Associate Editor of Audio and Visual at Guardian Australia. Gabs, tell me how you felt reading this article. This particular article is really important to me because a lot of people still think that COVID is a disease that really only makes older people ill. And this article really shows how ill it made younger people as well. And I think for many of us, we've thought about the disease in a kind of abstract way for so long. And this just brings the disease to you front and centre and you can't help feeling what these teenagers have been through in a really visceral way. I feel like 18-year-olds should be having the time of their life. This is a time to be out partying, to be having new experiences that do not involve getting really sick and ending up in ICU. And I really feel for them, for the life they're missing out on, the kind of helplessness of the teenagers is really emotional. Let's hear it. This is I Wasn't Certain I Was Going to Leave Hospital. Sydney Teenagers Tell of Terrifying COVID Experience by Rafka Tuma. For 18-year-old Donna Nguyen, the recovery in hospital felt unbearably long. She lay limp in her bed for six days, unable to sit up to even look outside her window. She says, When you're in that state, with no clear trajectory of getting better, you lose the joy in everything. Even looking at things, nurses would come into my room in full PPE and I couldn't process them as people. In June, Donna and her housemates, Sam McMahon and Alex Sumption, were visited in their Western Sydney home by a friend who was celebrating a birthday. Just two days later, she received a call from that friend. His father had tested positive to the highly contagious Delta COVID strain. Sam lives in the main house with his mother, stepfather and 13-year-old sister. His best friends, Donna and Alex, who are also 18, live in the granny flat behind the home. Sam says, My mum is immunocompromised, so the moment we were told our friend's dad had tested positive, I grabbed a travel pack and isolated myself with Donna and Alex in the granny flat. The teenagers got tested that day. The results came back negative. They got tested again the following Monday. That was the second test, and it was still looking all right. They all tested negative. Days later, they were officially recognised as close contacts of the positive case by New South Wales Health. They were tested a third time, again receiving negative results. The next morning, however, Sam, Donna and Alex were symptomatic. Sam says... I had a bad headache and a terrible cough. I've never coughed like that before. Later that day, the fever kicked in. They knew this was very wrong. We knew we had to go and get a fourth test. The next day, Friday, exactly a week after they first got tested, the results came back positive. What followed, they say, were confusing conversations and directives from New South Wales Health, 
which organised the friends' isolation and transportation to hotel quarantine. Sam, Donna and Alex all had separate interviews with contact tracers and were told different things. Sam remembers, isolating in the granny flat was an option, isolating together in hotel quarantine was an option, isolating separately in hotel quarantine was an option. Then we were told we didn't have any options. We'd be picked up that night to be sent to a hotel. Then that pickup was moved to the next morning. It was confusing. You could see New South Wales Health was under a lot of stress already. It took almost five days for the friends to be notified as close contacts by New South Wales Health. Sam thinks, if we didn't take initiative to isolate before then and to keep getting tested, we would have been out in the community. I work at a restaurant. I would have been serving hundreds of customers a day. Conscious of each other's mental health, the friends opted to isolate together. They were transferred to a three-bedroom hotel room at Zetland in inner Sydney. The friends spent 15 days in hotel quarantine. As the days wore on, Sam watched Donna's condition deteriorate. Sam remembers, it felt kind of like a fever dream. In comparison to Donna, my symptoms were mild and it was still the worst I've ever felt. While Sam recovered within the first week, Donna continued having trouble breathing. She would either sleep all day or constantly vomit. With a laugh, Donna says, Sam and I both brought games to the hotel. We were prepared to entertain ourselves for weeks. But the teens couldn't do anything, hitting a wall. Nothing felt good but to sleep and wait for each day to pass. On the fifth day of quarantine, Donna's condition took a turn for the worse. I was passed out for 14 hours a day. Time moves so strangely when you're in that state. Morning and night were barely distinguishable. Donna recalls trying to sit up in bed. I began hyperventilating. By this point, she'd not eaten for three days. She couldn't keep anything down. I remember trying to take strepsils, and even that I would throw up. If I tried to breathe, I would cough and gag. Barely making it to the bathroom, Donna tried to take a shower. She passed out from the steam. I was excessively shivering, but was sweaty and hot. I'm lucky Sam and Alex were there to call for a nurse. Donna was taken to Royal Prince Alfred Hospital, still gagging and throwing up nothing. Her visit lasted eight hours. She says, They said I was dehydrated, gave me laxatives for her stomach cramps, and sent me back to the hotel. Donna wasn't getting better. Just a few days later, she was again taken to hospital. This time, she would be there for six days. Unable to breathe or walk, she was put in an isolated room at St Vincent's. On the first day, they gave me oxygen through tubes into my nose. The next day, I was given a full-face oxygen mask. When nurses tried to check Donna's blood, her arms were too limp to find a vein. She describes not being able to make it to the bathroom, right beside her bed. I was catatonic for a few days. Donna says the toll of COVID recovery went beyond physical pain. I was so sad. I was isolated 
and I never knew when I would leave the hospital. I couldn't be certain that I would leave at all. My room had a nice window looking out onto a street, but after a while it started looking not real, like a painting. I completely dissociated. I felt stuck in a mindless cycle. I lost track of reality. Donna recalls a doctor offering her a trial medicine. It was a risk, and my head was hazy, but I was willing to take anything to feel better. On day six, she finally turned a corner. After being notified that this was her final day in hospital, she says, A few hours felt like hell. I knew I would get out. I finally had something to look toward. But her return home was challenging. Her body had much to recover from. I couldn't walk for more than an hour at an average pace. I'm still like that. I try to walk my dog and I come back after an hour and my legs are shaking. She describes the anxiety of having COVID as intense. Getting hit with something people are still learning about is terrifying. And so is the fact I got hit so badly as a young person. I'm 18. I still feel like a child. I've never had a health issue and rarely get sick. I was waiting for my second semester of my first year of uni. Next thing I know, I'm in the hospital, strapped up to an oxygen mask. Sam and Donna thought they'd be the last people to contract COVID. Sam says, My friends and I have always been diligent. We wore face masks before they were a requirement. I drive around with four tonnes of hand sanitizer in my car. Young people need to know this is not just another flu. You can catch COVID too. New South Wales Health is recognising the increasing numbers of locally acquired COVID cases among young people, with the Doherty report labelling young adults peak spreaders of the virus. An urge to vaccinate young people between ages 16 and 39 in local government areas of concern has seen roughly 200,000 vaccinations booked within a week. New South Wales Health is hoping to see that number more than double. We caught COVID from a line of contact, Donna says. We were in contact with a friend whose dad was in contact with his boss, who was in contact with someone else positive with the virus. And people are still going to protests. They think they're excluded from the effects of this thing. It is fucked. Can you put that in capital letters? I'm an 18-year-old kid. My body worked healthily as a body. Celebrating our friend's birthday within COVID guidelines is all it took to put three 18-year-olds in quarantine and me in hospital twice. Don't underestimate COVID. Doing everything you can to avoid it is worth it. I'm thankful to have survived it. That was I Wasn't Certain I Was Going to Leave Hospital, Sydney Teenagers Tell of Terrifying COVID Experience by Rafka Tuma. The reader was Emily Elise. To see pictures and read the full article, go to the Guardian Australia website. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Camilla Hannon. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time.